This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geek show number 492, recorded on June 3rd, 2021. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful, and Mike, like, everybody complains we never get enough spring, but this, I I think this year has been so great in Nebraska. It's been perfect weather. It's been amazing. Yeah, yeah and, and it was like that nice, you know, cool and relatively dry. I mean, we had like a weekend there where it was pouring on us, but... Uh, it's been good today, actually, right after we just installed a basketball hoop. So I got the boys out. We were shooting hoops for like, you know, two hours after work. Uh, it was just gorgeous out tonight. Yeah. Marv, you're down in, you're down in Fort Lauderdale. Is it yep. just always hot and sticky and it, down there? Or do you guys get good weather down there? Well, you know, we get mild weather a couple of weeks out of the year. That's our winter. And, <laughs> and the rest of the time it's, it's hot or Ooh. rainy. And we're yeah. moving into the rainy season. So hurricane season started this week. So we'll start to get oh, yeah. the rains coming and they'll pop up every now and then. Is Fort Lauderdale east or west in the in the panhandle? We are southeast. Southeast. Yeah. Okay, so, so we are in, be- in between Palm Beach and Miami. All right. And Four hours from the Keys, uh, two hours from the West Coast. Nice. Yeah, it's it's got to be it it's got to be paradise, right? It's paradise for you all the time. It is. That's what I call it. Right. <laughs> yep. And I when I uh, proposed to the wife, I let her know ahead of time we are not leaving Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> you made it really clear, like yep. we're staying. I will. Right I will die for, here. We're staying right there. Well, you never have to deal with the snow, Mike and I. You know, although um, thanks to global warming, we have seen a lot less snow. It seems like in the last. In the last ten years, I've been in Nebraska thirty, and it, the winters were worse. When when I used to, Mike, you can make jokes like when you were a kid, you had to walk to school in the snow uphill both ways, right? Is that true? Yeah, I, I just heard back in my day, you know, like that's that's what I heard you say, Jim. Like uh, we but, had, but yeah. it it did uh, it did. It did seem worse back then, and I think it's actually getting better. Well, Marvin B. is with us. Uh, he's from Podnuts Pro, uh, the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about that more. But, Marv, thanks for coming out and being on Home Gadget Geeks tonight. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, and I hope I can be geeky enough for you. Hey, you go by Uncle Marv in some of the circles. Like I've, When you've called into Home Gadget Geeks, that's the name you put down. Is there is there like, are, are you just everybody's uncle or, or is there some meaning behind that? There is some meaning behind it, but it's basically something that everybody's kind of latched on to. I used to do a conference for junior achievement and we would have a male and a female co-counselors for groups of about 50 to 60 kids. And the term was mom and pop because they would be with us for the entire week. But when we started doing this, I had just done it. It was the first year out of high school. So high school, college, I'm like, some of these kids, you know, we're too close in age for me to be your, <laughs> your mom and dad. So why don't you just call me Uncle Marv? Oh, I like it. So, like it. you know, that was 30-something years ago. So it just stuck. Yeah. I did that conference for 10 years. And, um, and then what would happen is, you know, you mix and match circles. 
and mm-hmm. I'd be at work and somebody would walk, say, hey, Uncle Marv, and people look over, what, what's that? <laughs> so it's stuck. It's- it's great. I mean, if you can if you can get Uncle in front of your name to stick anywhere, I think that's pretty great because the uncles are always the favorite, right? I mean, everybody's got a favorite uncle. And, well, uh, fun ones, yeah. Well, there's a favorite, and then there's the creepy. <laughs> that's yeah, true. that's true. There's the <laughs> that weird. Is, you're right. You're right. I guess there's two varieties of those. Well, you're going to be the great, uh, the awesome uncle for us in this. And uh, Marv, thanks for coming on. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the podcast really quick. Uh, uh, Podnuts, uh, spell it for us so people know how to find it. Podnuts Pro. And then tell us a little bit about your podcast. All right. So Podnuts Pro is spelled P-O-D-N-U-T-Z. So almost like it sounds, except with a Z. And the network is actually Podnuts Network. And it was started... Uh, in 2008, and it was kind of, you know, around those beginning of podcasting, and the person that started it, he was a tech, and he was a residential tech guy, and he would go out and work, and he would come home, and he thought, I'm just going to start a podcast and talk about what I do during the day, and so he would do this nightly show back then and just talk, and he just started rounding up texts that would get on and each talk about their day. So the show that I do is called Podnuts Pro. So it is the business version of what that show was. That was the computer repair and residential tech. So I do the business side and we focus on, you know, all the networking. We focus on vendors in the channel, all the tools and stuff that you would use to, you know, run and grow your IT business, whether it's consulting as a solo tech. I talk a lot of what we call MSPs, managed service providers, you know, so the you know companies that are out there doing you know multiple offices and you know huge networks and all that sort of stuff. So that's what we focus on. And then what what's your day job? What do they what, what do you get paid to do? So my day job is being a network administrator. Even though I have my own business, I have about thirty five regular clients, most of them law firms, and I do the network support for them. And we you know we do everything from the desktops and everything, but we supply the servers. We do remote terminal servers. We do multi-office setups. And I kind of am the networking troubleshooting guy. So uh, that's kind of what really, really made it work is I could walk in and, and help diagnose a lot of networking issues. But I have special tools that help me do that. And we'll talk about a couple of those later on. Yeah, no, excited to, to kind of, I think a lot of our listeners are network admins. And so they're all, they all of a sudden their ears perked up because all Mike and I talk about are the junk gadgets, you know, the <laughs> watches and the phones and crypto and all those kinds of things. And, uh, and, and a lot of them be like, it's about time we get back to some real tech. So, <laughs> so uh, good to have you. Um, Good to have you for that. Marv, when you think about um, your job over the last maybe 10 or 15 years in the server setup, networking space, that if you were to characterize what the changes that have taken place there, as you think about like, you know, we think networking's got easier in some regards, right? Certainly as time has gone on, but, but really has it, has it just been replaced with other challenges? It's, it's, yeah, it's been a lot of other challenges because it used to be before the internet you know, we didn't have to worry about all these, you know, cyber threats and ransomware. And it was pretty much you could just throw up any old firewall and you'd be protected from the outside. You know, you know, and I can say this because I've been doing this. This is 24 years in this business 
and then several years before when I was just a, a computer tech at a store. And it has changed a lot because there's so many things that can now affect the network. And, you know, a lot of it is as much the end user as the bad actors trying to get in and do stuff. So it's a lot more trying to analyze and monitor traffic. And that's what's hard. Dude, it, it, oh, go it's ahead, funny man. to see, too, the different approaches that the security team decides to take. It was my wife actually just you kind of switched roles at her career. So now she has a laptop and she was like, she brought it home and she's like, I can't figure out how to get anything on here. I'm like, what do you mean? She was okay. My password manager, I need next cloud uh, for all my stuff. And so I got on there. I'm like, yeah, baby, you're, you can't do anything. Like you are locked. Like you need an admin for any install, anything you can't like, you can't type on this thing unless you get permission. So um, it's just it, like the, their approach is just lock it all down. Users yeah. get no control. Zero then, trust. Exactly. Exactly. And, and sometimes honestly, like we were talking about why that is. And I think, you know, people are starting to get more tech savvy and they start to, you know, do their own things. Uh, they're going to install a lot of stuff and it, you know, it might be the approach you kind of have to take now to prevent because the users are going to try and install stuff. and It's not always going to be the best stuff. Mark, what approach I, do you take? Oh, yeah. That's kind of where I was getting to with that. So I have to walk the line, but I would prefer to be on the zero trust side as much as possible. But sometimes the client that pays the bill, you have to do what they want. And so we do lock down pretty much as many things as we can. We don't give anybody admin rights on the stations unless they are a key person or they're in in house IT. And that does frustrate a lot of people because, you know, I don't want to say kids, but, you know, a lot of people entering the workforce now are used to being able to just do what they want. And they are, they are computer savvy and they think that, you know, and, you know, now that they can just go on Google and figure anything out and tell them how to set up their own VPNs and circumvent this, it's actually harder now to lock people out unless you take away all their privileges. So I do do that. And of course, with uh, what we do, we actually get more tools to monitor things so that if we do give them a little bit of wiggle room, at least we can know if something changes. So if somebody adds something to the network, I know about it. If somebody downloads, you know, too much stuff or is streaming, we know about it. Have those tools gotten a lot better in the past years too? And I, and I say that because I think of things like, um, you know, I don't know if you use this in the enterprise, but like ubiquity gear is stuff that I love. And I, I, I manage a few ubiquity sites for friends and family. Um, and it comes into my server, but I love the level of control you get the analytics. You can see, um, remote management with ubiquity stuff with the fantastic GUI. And then I see a lot of ads all the time from people like Linus tech tips and everyone for these types of services where it's, Hey, monitor all the devices in your network, uh, run remote updates. It seems like that's becoming more and more of a commodity and getting a better GUI. Has that changed a lot or is it still relatively the same? Oh, it has changed a lot because what these companies are trying to do is put all of our knowledge and technology in the hands of the average user. So a lot of the tools that we would use to monitor and do stuff remotely, just about anybody can do now if you go out and buy the equipment yourself. And Ubiquity is kind of one of those tweener products where enterprise admins who really want to lock it down with, say, the Cisco Meraki line and the Ruckus line, which I use Ruckus, 
but I also use a product uh, through Datto Networking where you know I can manage all that stuff with the wireless and all that stuff and change passwords remotely and you know block users remotely and stuff. But you're finding you know tools like um, Orbi and you know Linksys is putting out uh, cloud products like that. So it is the 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 lines are blurring a lot more. Lines blurring between consumer grade and enterprise grade yes, uh, yes. hardware and software. Is that what you mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because if a, if a, if a kid, you know, a guy or girl who has used this stuff goes into a, an office where they're locked out, they'll just bring in their own stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that happens all the time. And I have to, you know, talk to the owner and say, look, you can't have your people bringing in stuff. Right. And the way I get around it is, because there's so much compliance now, you know, I've got a couple of uh, medical offices where we have HIPAA and my law firms are having to do stuff with security. They actually have to sign off that they're, you know, encrypting their files. Mm-hmm. You know, they're encrypted not only at rest, but in transit. They're protecting. We've got backup and disaster recovery. And I tell them, if you sign that document and you want me to protect you, then we've got to do it mm-hmm. because the fines that are coming out now and the ransoms that are you know, happening. If you get infected because somebody didn't do what they were supposed to, you know, you're screwed is pretty much what I say. That's what's been shocking to me is the regulatory landscape on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's all of a sudden, like you better have policies and controls in place that are, you know, I mean, that's, that's been around for a while, but they're getting a lot more strict. And the fines, I think what you said about that is so true, especially in financial services, you know, for, for wealth advisors, our space, you know, if you have a data breach, I mean that, and especially if you don't follow the reporting guidelines and if you're not, if your systems aren't um, up to snuff, it's, they're starting to, lay the law down, you know, lay yeah. some smack down there with fines. And I'm like, wow, they're starting to be taken seriously. They have to, because they are starting to realize how easy it is to get to this vital information. And we're talking health records, you know, bank accounts. One of the first clients that I worked with where the biggest problem was the owner who we would go in and do stuff. And then at night he would go in and undo stuff. And one time he called because their payroll account had lost 200 grand one night because he had decided to give himself remote access. Mm. And it was open. And what we refer to is running RDP naked, where, (laughs) you know, that that, that port is open to the internet. Yeah. Right. Anybody, right. anybody can knock on the right. door. And I said, you can't do that. That's why we put firewalls in. That's why we put a VPN in. Yeah. 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 When Amar, when I was younger, you know, uh, just five years ago, the, uh, no, uh, I used to, I was one of those kinds of guys that would, I'd be the, the, you know, I'd want to change things like, Oh, I know better. Like I'm gonna uh, enable these, this thing on my desktop so I can do these kinds of things, even though, I was told not to, right? Right. That kind of stuff. I'd install stuff. Even though they told me not to, well, I need this program. I'm going to install it on my desktop or whatever, right? Put your computer well, in, in God mode? Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Well, and I, in the early days when, it, you know, we all had admin access anyways, right? right? We weren't, we, you know, um, we just didn't, we weren't locked down that much. As I've gotten older and it drives my, my, my daughter crazy, I don't customize anything anymore. Like I don't. Uh, you know, it, I, I use my computer as it's given to me. 
it stays pretty much stock. My phone, I haven't even changed, you know, Mike, I bought this, you know, the iPhone 12. I haven't changed any of the pictures or any, I mean, I've installed apps and some of those kinds of things, but, um, you know, um, my daughter was mad. I hadn't even, I hadn't even turned on dark mode on Facebook yet the other day. She's like, dad, how can you, how can you even stare at that screen? And she grabs it from me and puts dark mode in. Do you find uh, uh, users are, you know, and you, I think you kind of answered this already, but are users getting any better at kind of using stock or is everybody still trying to push the envelope for all their own things? They are trying to push the envelope. Yeah, yeah. And so much to the point where we've started, I just was going through some stuff the other day and trying to figure out a way to set group policies so that people won't change their desktop picture and they can't install, you know, we take off the games now and right, we, right, we do all this right. stuff, but we do them as policies so that we can't say, well, you know, why does he get to do it and I can't? And it's like, look, that's the way it is across the in- entire office. Yeah. And I guess maybe for me, I always think like, if I want to do that stuff, I'll just do it on my home computer. Like, I, I don't need to be doing this stuff at work. But I guess, and, and maybe I'm an exception or I'm becoming an exception. And Mike, you can chime in on this as well. I think a lot of folks don't have home computers anymore. They've got their phone and maybe an iPad and the computer at work. And they're not, you know, they, they're not doing it home on their home computer. And so they're trying to get work. To or do they, don't, they don't have fast internet at, at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've had a lot of people where they come into, the, they're like, I got to do my banking here because I, I can't do it at home. I'm like. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Joe makes a good point in the chat. He says, unfortunately, there's still a ton of other applications that don't run correctly unless they run as a local admin account. Yes. And yeah, right. I That's have, a challenge. Yep. I have one law office where they have a program. They have to be local admins. And it it is frustrating that I'm thinking really in this day and age, you're going to have a program that only runs like that. So, yeah, you know, so, it's a little, little extra monitoring for me. But yeah, a lot of legacy, what it is. a lot of legacy there. Mike, you're, you're closer to that generation. Do you find your friends don't have computers? Do they have yeah. computers? Is that- well, and, and I think what they have is um, an old computer that's getting pretty long in the tooth at this point. Yeah. Right. Cause I think a lot of us, well, especially at my age, um, you know, I am, what year did I graduate undergrad? You know, I'm about, I'm about 10 years out from graduation of undergrad. And I think the last computer a lot of my friends had was the laptop they had in college. Yeah. Um, because yeah. after that point, they either use one provided by work or they have their cell phone or their iPad. Um, and they don't have a home home computing device. Yeah. I think most people are doing it on their phones. Just their, yeah. they live their life. Their com- whole computing life is on their phones. And that I I'm like, how the heck? I, I don't, that's a, not even a world I understand, but apparently it's happening. It is. You know? So it's it's just crazy for me to think it's a paradigm shift I don't completely understand. And then, Marv, to your point, I think they get to work. They're so used to being able to do whatever they want to do on their phones. I, uh, you know, the podcast we do for Gallup, I get comments every once in a while. Somebody like, well, my work won't let me watch it because it's on YouTube. And I want to say, just watch it on your phone. <laughs> like, it's so funny that. But, the, but the, you know what the problem is, Jim? Yeah, go ahead. Is they want to use the Wi-Fi at the work. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah, from their you're phone. Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And that I Wi-Fi may be. Right. That, well, you're right. Although I don't even think in terms of minutes anymore. I guess I've had an unlimited plan for so long. But, you know, um, but you're right. It It is. It's a, it's a completely different paradigm. So. 
and they see it as work. You know, I make work related podcasts. So they see this as like, oh, no, no, I need to watch this on my work computer because this is work. Right. 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 And so it's just a, it's just a whole, it's a whole different world. We have been, you know, coming back uh, as we think about, and, uh, you know, some of us went home and some of us are now going back into work. As Marv, as you're thinking about, I'm, I'm sure some of the businesses that you worked with had to adjust. You probably had, did you like uh, 15 months ago, did you have to do a whole bunch of things for the organizations that you work with to be able to support work from home? So we had to do a lot for our clients and it wasn't as bad as some places because our, our people had already started to work remotely. Like I said, we have a lot of law firms. So the attorneys want to be able to work 24 seven. So they were already set. So what we had to do is adjust for the staff to also be able to work from home. And a lot of them were doing it in shifts. So, you know, we had to up some VPN licenses or uh, uh, you, TrueGrid is uh, one product that we use uh, for multi-factor authentication and remote access. So it wasn't as bad. Now, for my office, I didn't change a thing. I live two blocks from my office, a thousand feet. And for the most part, it's just me and the wife most of the time. And anytime we have people come in, we just, you know, make them wear the mask, swap up at the door. And so nothing changed for me, but for the clients, yes. Do you find now as we're preparing or some are preparing to go back, are there changes you're having to do just for that? So the only changes really are clients that made the adjustment thinking it would be temporary. Mm. And now here we are, what, 15, 16 months out, and they're still working remote. A lot of them haven't gone back yet. So now they're trying to figure out, okay, if we need to make this permanent, we've got to make some changes. You know, we have to do some bandwidth changes. Because in the beginning, you know, if people had poor bandwidth at the house, they were like, oh, well, suffer through it. Well, now it's been over a year. They're like, I can't keep suffering through this. So so we do have to make some adjustments there. We need to – there's some – some software that we left inside the office that they now want to have access outside the office. So we're trying to make a few changes there. We're probably going to have to throw a few applications in the cloud a hundred percent so that they don't have to VPN to do it. But these are some fat legacy software. So it's, you know, it's not easy to just throw up. It's not like we're throwing up, you know, word docs and stuff like that. All those legal tracking systems and contract management systems, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Case management where yeah, those vendors had no plans to be in the cloud, but now they, they need to think about it. Yeah. Are, are you seeing a fundamental shift of storage from local on-prem to the cloud? Did this speed that up? Did it? Did it no, do anything to change that? not really, because my yeah. clients, at least my clients, most of them are stuck to their vendor. So unless they change vendors, they're not going to change their storage. So part of what we need to do is get them more robust remote access. Now, I do have one client that we're looking to move them up to the cloud, but we're probably going to take their physical infrastructure and duplicate it in AWS and VDI. And they'll just move from, you know, a terrestrial station and they'll log into a remote desktop on the web. But it'll function for them just the same. How, Marv, how do you feel about taking desktop computing and making it completely cloud? I don't like it. Why? <laughs> why, why? 
Um, part of it is because it becomes harder to troubleshoot when there are issues. Mm. And it's not as simple as a lot of people think where it's just, you know, throw more resources at it or just spin up another server. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's delicate because if there are issues, well, you're working completely in the cloud and you're at the mercy of whatever cloud platform you're on. So I've got one medical office that they went from local to the cloud and then they switched programs to the cloud and they were using the Citrix connector. And we always update all of that stuff. And so mm-hmm. one night the Citrix connector updated and they couldn't get in and the company's like, well, you got to go back. So we had to, you know, literally go back and do all this stuff. But they did an update themselves for their software, and we ran into a whole bunch of other issues that I couldn't help with because it was on their server, and they didn't want to do anything, or they wouldn't admit that it was their issue. And that's where the finger pointing begins, and yeah, yeah you know, the, cl- the client's frustrated. They're like, just fix it. It does add a level of complexity uh, when you're thinking about troubleshooting. That's a good point. Mike, would you, from, from what you, you do, if you had a, just a thin client, no matter, like if you just carried a thin client with you and we're always just, you know, remoting into your desktop in the cloud for the power for what you need, would that be convenient or do, would you prefer to have a laptop still? Uh, that's a good question. I think I would still prefer the laptop only because of connectivity. You know, I don't know, you know, like connecting into that server, you don't have internet and you know, I'd, I on the road in a plane, be able to knock out stuff when you don't have full internet mm-hmm. access. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't point. mind. I, everything I do is not very intensive. Right. Um, but I do like, so, you know, one thing we are going to talk about in a few weeks, but just to kind of hint at it is, you know, with our new building, the way we've structured everything is all of our conference rooms have a camera connected to a TV and you plug in a USB and then it gives you access and it all connects also to the big telecom uh, phone system. Um, but it, that connects through zoom. So you can use a really nice intercom camera that zooms in and out automatically. Uh, but you need a laptop, right? The, the each individual conference room doesn't have its own computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, you know, we, everyone needed the laptop and anyone who was left on desktops had to get switched over. It, it does scream a little bit of, of, um, kind of the decentralization in that the network, if everybody's centralized, you know, if, if we're all accessing our, you know, our desktops in the cloud on, on servers, and to your point, Citrix <laughs> decides to not let us in, it's a single point of failure. Whereas I may, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm working on a laptop and I'm distributed, then, well, at least my laptop still works. I may not be able to get to some of the business functions, but might be able to get to a web browser and be able to get some things done, right? So that decentralization or uh, kind of can kind of work in our favor uh, at times. Marv, any 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 other thoughts on that? Oh yeah, but we don't have all, <laughs> we we don't have have all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a good point. I think it's a I think it's a great conversation, and I think it's worth you know a lot of things changed in in fifteen months, and a lot of things stayed the same. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so I think sometimes we're thinking there's been a complete reset. And I think sometimes people feel like they're going back as they go back into the office, like, you know, this is different. And it's actually 
No, it's probably the same. Right. Although that being said, you know, I know uh, at Gallup where I work, we use the time to reset a bunch of things internally that weren't being used, but we knew we would need them again. And so it was like, hey, let's use this downtime to take advantage of of some of these things and, and get stuff upgraded while it's not so hard. And then once we get people back on campus, they'll be ready. And I, I think they did a nice job of that. Marv, anything that you can think of that where you could take over the last 15 months, you could take advantage of and get upgraded like that and, and, and be ready for folks coming back? Well, for me, the big push was to be more robust with things like the firewall. Mm. Um, you know, letting people know that, look, you're putting more load on the firewall with people connecting remotely. And, you know, we, <laughs> I just had a client. So on Friday, they emailed that somebody couldn't connect remotely because we do geo blocking of countries. Oh, yeah. And yeah. an attorney was out of the country and they were in Guadalupe. And I had to go in and open that up. And then Monday, they were blocked again because they were in St. Martin. Mm. And so they were hopping around. So, you know, then they talked about, well, what, what can we do to prevent all this? I'm like, well, you know, what you really want to do is, you know, beef up the security. We, you know, put in the firewall rules. We get a different software because, you know, they they were remoting in by specific IP addresses. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, we got to put in some sort of, you know, RDS gateway so that they just go to the portal and, you know, we can, you know, maybe do a VPN so that the IP on the remote device stays the same no matter where they are, or we tie it to the network somehow so that it's not a country-based IP that they're connecting from. So things like that mm -hmm. where companies that are starting to think we're going to be remote forever, what we should have been doing, and now they're finally getting around to thinking about it doing it now. We should have done it maybe six months ago is prepare for this when we knew we weren't coming back. Right, right. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of people stay remote? Yes. Okay. And it's and, interesting and, and, because and it's... planning for that for the future? I think, well, I think the, the employees are demanding it mm -hmm. because yeah. they're seeing other companies do it. And so now they're coming back to my, my clients and saying, we want to work remote. And, you know, most of my managing partners and stuff, they're, they're older and they're like, no, you're going to come back. Yeah. And they're like, all right, I'll go work for somebody else who is providing that. So now they're all thinking, okay, we got to obviously make this an option right. in order to keep people. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the trend. I mean, I, but there are a lot, a lot of people the same way. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that are tired of working at home and that was me. That, <laughs> that was me. To the yeah. I, I could not wait. I just went back last week and I was just like, I, my wife's like, you're a different person. You know, like the energy is just like, I'm just like, Ooh, I'm, I'm back. See, and I'm the opposite. I love being home. Like this yeah. is, this, this year has energized me in ways. Now I've also gotten seriously fat, but in it is, it has energized me in ways that um, I, I didn't think I didn't think were possible. And I, I think, you know, everybody responds differently to this and, you got to go with, I think, whatever, you know, some organizations are going to say you got to, some are going to say, do whatever you want. We just, at Gallup, we're releasing a big report, uh, State of the Global Workplace, which comes out mid-June. One of the one of our findings uh, in, the, in the polling that we did around the globe is a full third 
one third of the planet changed jobs during the pandemic, a full third, 33% changed jobs. Like we, we've had this massive migration, right? I think the, the, and I'm, I'm not predicting, uh, this is not a prediction because I don't do those kinds of things, but, but I think we're in for another third in the next year, uh, Marv, to your point, folks are going to come back and they're going to be like, I don't want it this way. I'm just going to go do something different in that initial third you know, a bunch of people got um, a bunch of people got laid off or furloughed. Now those now companies are wanting those back. They're not going to hire exactly the same people that they wanted to hire back. And I think we're going to see another third change again. Yeah. And so I think the challenge uh, to you, uh, for you as a network administrator doing these things, is just massive turnover. I mean, I, I don't think like we've ever seen before in this country or around the world. It's going to be. It's going to be crazy, Marv. That's going to make life difficult for you from a provisioning standpoint, right? You've got to provision them off and provision them back on. Yeah, and sometimes we're doing the same person. They left a couple months ago, and then they they're coming back. Yeah, and you know if you've you know deleted their stuff, <laughs> you know, they're right. all coming back. Where's my stuff? Well, you left. So it's just it is it's a it's a revolving door in yeah. some sense. Now law firms. We're kind of used to it. That happens a lot in certain law firm industries. Um, you know, legal defense is a you know a churning mill a lot of times, so they're kind of used to it. But others, you know, on you know for like uh, legal attorneys that are doing things like real estate and wills and stuff like that, they're not used to the turnover, but they're getting it. Healthcare is that's in. A, a weird industry because we had this huge influx of workers and we're starting to lose people from burnout. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to, you know, get new, new faces in and the training is, is a big thing for them. So a lot of the training, it's kind of the same as the cybersecurity where you've got to get training to people as they start mm-hmm. and put a system in place that they're, you know, they're getting the training, they're watching the videos, but at the same time, they're more needy with tech support. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's really rough for me is to be available for all these, all these changes. Yeah, no, you're going to have your hands full. I mean, it's just going to be, I think we're going to ramp up uh, who knows where if a year, for, you know, post a year, it's hard to see out, but we are seeing a lot of hiring pressure. That's going on. A lot of organizations are all starting to ramp up. We went from zero, like literally didn't hire anybody for nine months to we can't hire them fast enough. right? Mm-hmm. Now. And so it's just, uh, you know, we were deprovisioning for a while consistently. And then now we put, you know, re, um, you know, onboarding uh, these folks. And it's all it's a whole new set of faces. One of the things that's been interesting for me and, in, in you know, um, Mike, maybe not for you as much cause you've been going in some, but there's a whole new set of faces at work that I don't, I don't know. I'm like, when did they hire you? Like, where did you come from? I've had, I, I bet I've had that third who I don't they, They're brand new. And you know, you, you used to welcome in, welcome them on one at a time, but they've all started while we've been gone. And so it kind of And they're probably looking at you like, oh, you must be new. Yeah. Look at the old guy. <laughs> Who hired this old guy? Yeah. Who would hire a guy this old? So, you know, they, um, yeah, it's just a different, it's kind of a different, a different setup. I think we're in for some interesting moments. Mike, you've just moved into a new building. I can only imagine what your infrastructure people, 
have been doing over the last year, right? To get ready yeah, for this last year. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, when that was the crazy part is that we had started building, I, I don't know, like technically when we broke ground, I think it was about a year and a half to two years ago. And then obviously this whole thing happens yeah. and, and they kind of had to make a decision, right? There were a lot of companies who were in the same boat building a new headquarters and decided to kind of scrap it. Um, but you know, our company culture from the top down is, you know, we, we are kind of, we're, we're people, people we're here together. We're going to do this together. So, um, everyone is coming back to the office and you have to have an exception to do remote work, um, which is, I think a very unique stance in this time, you know, kind of like what you guys were referring to is like, I think a lot of people were like, Hey, no, I'd love to work from home. Um, and like, well, no, like we, we function together when we're, we're all in the same spot. So it, it was an interesting take, but yeah, you're right. So the brand new building um, just moved in and the tech team has had their hands full. And even, you know, when you don't have anyone in the office to test the new stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we don't know what's going to, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, so there was definitely that scramble on, on move in day of like, Hey, this conference room, this is like, is this supposed to be working this way? And I'm sure they were just getting hammered at those sort of uh, nothing like 200 people moving into a new building with all the tech to, to really stress it out. So Mike, did they have any trouble getting equipment? Yes, they have. Well, and that's the funny part. It's so funny. You mentioned that we still have bare spots uh, on the walls where certain things are going to go that have just been back ordered for forever. Yep. Um, even things in all of our kitchens, like coffee machines, like the, the industrial coffee machines, um, stuff like that. That's just like, backordered and there's really no answer of when it's going to come uh the gym there was a few things for the gym like towels uh, what are they telling us today it was like the weird it was like cleaning supplies for the gym they can't they can't get them like and so uh yeah a lot of those supply chain issues are you seeing the right. same thing on your side oh, yeah 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 and i had a couple of customers that got smart and when they sent people home they're like this is a good time to do it so back april last year we did a couple of network refreshes and all that stuff. Mm. I've got people that are now looking for stuff and, you know, there's still stuff out there, but the price is 50% higher than what it was. Mm. And they're like, Oh, I don't want to spend that. So, but computers are getting spare and, you know, the jobs are just, it's like, I just had to source a server and I couldn't find the drives we needed for that particular server. So the specialty parts are what's getting really hard. Yeah. yeah. And I, I talked to a vendor, too, that was providing uh, parts for uh, uh, diagnostic tools. And they're like, we just secured our last load. And we don't know when there's going to be mm-hmm. parts available again because three of their vendors are just literally out. Wow. Yeah, well, a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, we saw this with toilet paper early in a supply chain disruption. And I think we're seeing the ripples of supply chain disruption across all those things, realizing now it makes me kind of wonder in 2019 how good our supply chain was because we moved everything. Like we just didn't hear about those kinds of things, these shortages, so to speak. But then you pile that on top of sysadmins who can't get hard drives who now when they are ordering them over order because mm-hmm. right now, and then that creates its own problem in the supply chain because yeah. now you have people hoarding, right? You have people in, you know, we, we've been talking about this. Um, I've been working on a crypto project called Chia. It's all hard drive based. And that has sparked a, a massive purchases of hard drives around the world, which is disrupting 
Like if you go to, if you want to get space now, all of a sudden you're like, Hey, wait a minute. Like a month ago, I could get those drives for a hundred bucks and now they're 300. Yeah. Right. Right. And so it, it, it's creating these real and real expensive, um, you know, supply yep. chain problems, hard drives, video cards. Yeah. My yeah. nephew can't get his video card for his games. Yeah. No. <laughs> All gone. Serves him right, those gamers. Um. Yeah. I hate those gamers. <laughs> what, um, uh, Marv, your role, we got some, we got some product. We're going to come here in just a second. But in your role, what's your favorite thing? Like, what do you, when you think about what you do and you think about, man, I can't wait to do more of that. What do you, what do you really like to do? What's your favorite part of the job? Wow. Hadn't really thought of it that way. Mm. <laughs> so I think really it's the more that I can do from here without having to go on site. <laughs> it's, mm. it's, it's cheesy as that sounds. Yeah. But it's more like if I can deploy, you know, here's a, here's a good example. So years ago when I would have to deploy a new remote server, for a client and you know let's say it was 70 profiles you know it would take me you know a week mm. to do that and transfer the profiles and stuff like that but now i can do that you know pretty much i'd start on friday night installing the new server i start moving profiles saturday and by saturday night or sunday morning done so that they're ready to work on monday and everybody's transferred over. All their stuff is there. So things like that that I can do so much faster, mm-hmm. um, much more, I guess, economical in a sense. Um, that's pretty much it. Anything that I can find that makes my job faster, easier, better. Yeah. You know, well, it, it, and related to your customer too, right? I mean, that's great customer service when they can, when you can set it up, provision it. Take it down Friday afternoon. Have it have it ready on Monday morning when they log in, and it works. Yeah, that feels good, right? You're like, yeah, my stuff rocks. Yep. right. And I mean, that, that feels pretty good. And that Monday is the one time they appreciate you, and then by Tuesday, <laughs> you're nobody again. <laughs> no, right on, right on. How come the PC load letter? What the hell is PC load letter? Right. So yeah, it's it is it is one of those, but it, it is nice. I I think. On the networking side, at least what I've watched, I think some of the tools have gotten better. Certainly, bandwidth's gotten better uh, for some, for most. I think for a lot of folks, and so it allows us to do more. Uh, you know, to, to do more faster. Not in every case, but 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 I think maybe in a lot. So yeah, good. Hey, let's ask you about some tools. I ask you to come with a couple favorite uh, tools. Yeah. Let me let me put these up on screen here so we can take a peek. You've got a couple, uh, well, I guess that maybe I actually have to show, hold on, I got to pull this out. Talk, which, which one do you want to start with, Marv? Um, it's up to you. I, you know, I probably, we should start with, uh, the Domotes tool. Okay. Because you mentioned earlier, you know, the Wi-Fi and people being able to bring in their own devices. That's probably the biggest issue that we're dealing with is the BYOD, bring your own device. Mm-hmm. And so Domotes is a product that I started using probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, before the before the pandemic. And you can get them in the box that you have shown there, but you can also get them now as an app 
built into the Synology NAS boxes. Oh, okay. And you can install them on other stuff. But this is really, it's a network monitoring system. And for what I use it for, it's really to monitor what comes in on the network. So if somebody adds a new device, I get an alert. And Domotes will tell me what the IP is, the MAC address is. In a lot of cases, not all cases, it'll be able to tell me what the device is, manufacturer, if it's a workstation, if it's another router, or things like that. Um, So this has been a big tool for me. The other thing I like about it is I used to have to manually configure IP addresses and MAC addresses for Wake on LAN. So if somebody's computer was off and I needed to turn it on, I would have to make sure they were in my script or my text file. With the Domotes, every device that's configured for Wake on LAN, I could just go to the device, hit Wake on LAN, and it wakes it up. So I don't have to manually keep a list Mm. anymore of that. It'll also do some other things. It'll do a network speed test every few hours. So if you've got a company that... You know, they've got something like a broadband connection that goes up and down and people are complaining. You can kind of get a history of what the internet net speed has been, you know, over the last day, week, months, and stuff like that. And there's some other features. Uh, I use managed switches in all my networks. So I can see into the switches. And most of the switches, I can see what device is on what port. I can see the traffic that has gone back and forth over the port. So if there is an issue with utilization, I can kind of narrow that down. And this is all, once that box is on site, I can do this remotely. So I don't have to literally drive mm-hmm. to the office to see what's going on on the network. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, kind of, it's a, kind of a, a little network monitoring tool, right? I mean, yep. that you can give you a front end to the to what's going on, allows you to log in and look at it. Hey, at $99... Can this like? Would you recommend like for a a power user who wanted to use this at home? W- w- could you use something like this at home? I mean, you could. I don't. I don't know. It's weird because this box. It's so so. I had a discussion about this last night with a, another tech. So they liked the box. They liked the idea, but it doesn't do enough for them. But they're, you know. You know they're an MSP that deals with enterprise clients, and they right. need they need much more insight into stuff. For smaller networks like a home network, this might be overkill. But if you're if you're a geek and you want to mm-hmm. you know be alerted when somebody you know is outside your house connecting to your Wi-Fi, this might work. Uh, Steven in the chat room asks, um, "How does Domos?" And it's spelled for those listening audio D O M O T Z. How does it compare to uh, to Flingbox? Martin, Fingbox. Any, yeah. um, if it's if it's the Fingbox, which is an evolution of the the network ping tool, uh, it's kind of the same thing. It'll go out and kind of scan the network. The difference is you don't have to manually scan. This constantly scans the network. Mm. So as devices come on the network or go off the network, you can be alerted. So, for instance, I have this set up that if a server goes offline, I know about it. Mm-hmm. If a firewall or switch goes offline, I know about it. Um, it will do some port testing, some security. It's not, you know, a huge thing. I think the biggest thing, well, the other side to it is why you probably wouldn't use it at home, is there is a fee, a monthly fee for it. Mm. So How much does that a, run? 
it's not a huge fee. It's nineteen dollars, okay, uh, a month. But it's not based on number of devices. So a lot of products, you know, if you know if you have two hundred devices, you're paying a different fee than if you have ten devices. Right. This one fee doesn't matter how much you know, is on the network. Yeah. How big or how small it is. Does it, would it monitor like bandwidth usage by machine and kind of let me know how much Not, YouTube video bandwidth no, being used by my daughter? No, doesn't do that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I'm still looking for, and I guess I could probably do this. Are, have you used PF sense? So uh, PF sense, I I've, I've not used it, but I, we talk about it all the time with a lot of text. They love it. Uh, PF sense is good for that sort of stuff, uh, but that's only through the firewall. Right. So to get by workstation, you still, for instance, I use a product for remote management and it has web protection where it will tell me which device, you know, as long as the agent is installed on it. So it's usually yeah. workstations or servers. Yeah. It'll tell me which device is using which bandwidth and stuff like that. I use the Bitdefender box uh, as kind of my router in kind of, you know, the, the, protective device that helps monitor everything flows through it and helps. But I was, I'm so wishing they would allow me, I mean, they capture the devices. I they know what's on there. Yeah. There's an agent on there. Why can't it just tell me who's the network offender? Mike, I've been paying that extra $50 to Cox every month because we keep busting through the, the bandwidth. My kids yeah. swear it's not, you know, no dad, it's not, it's not me. And it's certainly not me. Probably. But, um, you know, I want a culmination of everyone. It's amazing how fast that adds up, you know, I know. So that's probably going to be more of a function. If it's, if they're on Wi-Fi, then it's going to be your, your Wi-Fi access points that would catch that more. Yeah. Well, Bitdefender does it all. So you run everything through it. Everything through. serves both the Wi-Fi and the wired. Okay. But they don't, they don't, I, 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 you know, I'm like, why didn't you guys, you have agents like, there is an agent on every box. You could be monitoring bandwidth usage that way and tell it to me. I hmm. uh, haven't, ha- haven't been able to figure that out. Um, it yet. must be harder than it. I don't Seems. know. The, the, yeah. Because PF sense is terrible at it. Um, ubiquity being able to, you can go in and see, you know, history of, of, you know, the, the bandwidth for each device um, on the wireless side, but yeah, I'm still, I can't, you know, I'm sure maybe PF Sense has a way to get into it, um, but it's not not easy. Hmm. I can do overall network bandwidth. I can look back at my history day by day, but device by device. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm close. Harder. We're at like, for, the, for the home user, I think it's harder. We, we yeah. Were, oh, home ahead, use is tough. We just actually uh, so I installed a product uh, called SysKit for a company. They wanted to monitor their remote users and. The cost, just to give you an idea, it's at $199 per server. And they have five remote servers that they're doing. And they initially wanted it for knowing when people logged in and logged out because they were afraid that people were logging in and not doing anything, Mm -hmm. but just saying, yeah, I logged in and worked. Well, this product not only catches the logins and logouts, but it also catches the applications that they're using and the bandwidth. So I think what happens is you've got to find the right package for what you're doing. A lot of the hardware devices, even the firewalls, I think Barracuda was uh, trying to do that and doing a good job, but the price, you know, is outrageous for a home user. Right. So your, your net gears and your D lengths, you know, and stuff that you use at home just aren't, aren't set up for that. 
Well, Mike, I'm close to I like I de- I downgraded my internet to the just the regular, not the uh, unlimited, and it's I think it's it's you know uh, what 1200 or 1. 1.2 terabytes. Terabyte, yeah. And uh, I'm trending at about 1.17 right now, so it's going to be close. And uh, but you know that's 50 bucks a month. I kind of went back. You know? Well, and, and the way I, I was thinking about doing the same thing, Jim, only because, you know, you go over by a little bit and it's like, yeah, even if you have a bad blowout month and you have to pay a huge, if you pay a hundred bucks yeah. in overages, which is there are going to be other months where you pay nothing. You know, right. it's probably a lot cheaper in the long run just to pay the overage from Cox. Yeah, and you can log in and, and buy it, like buy a step up before those yeah. charges kick in. So it just, they've gotten really good about alerting you. I'm sure they've gotten customer pressure on that be like hey at least you gotta tell me about you know before uh before i do that so uh, i'm getting close marv you've got one other uh product to take a look at let me let me bring it up on the screen here and uh from net from net out is it net ally yeah net ally and this was a product and i'm gonna show show you how big let's show you how big it is in my hand it actually just you know it's about i mean it's it's hefty it's not small but this is the NetAlly EtherScope, and it is my network analyzer. And I got this, t- uh, what well, came out two years ago. I got it about 18 months ago. And this is the tool that I use if I have to go on site and check out a network. I can literally plug this in anywhere, and it will do kind of what we talked about with the domotes, where it'll go out and find every device on the network. And it finds both wired and wireless devices. Mm. And it'll find stuff that's off network. So if you're in an office building and you want to see what other things are affecting the Wi-Fi network, this will find it. And it'll show you what other networks are out there, what other devices are connected. Now, you can't connect to them or do anything because if they're locked down properly, this doesn't bypass that. But you can tell your, your client... Um, you've got interference from these networks and stuff mm. like that. Uh, it does a lot of other things that I love. So it will uh, take an inventory and upload that to a website called Link Live so that I can go back and see a change over time of what devices were configured where, what devices were connected to what switch, what's off network, what's on network. So if somebody comes in and says, you know, why why is this not working? And then you say, well, what's changed? And they say nothing. You can go back and say, okay, there are three more devices connected to that port than the last time I was there. So that's good. But it's got the basic stuff. It's Android-based, so there's a lot of apps that you can install on it. So you can do everything from your ping test, your path analysis. You can actually do capture. So I use it for a lot of voice over IP uh, troubleshooting. So you can stick it in between the phone and the network and see uh, what the calls are like. Uh, There's uh, testing, stuff like iPerf. So if you want to test packets over, you know, the network, I can connect it to another device. Either there's a test accessory or another link runner tool that I can actually test the performance to see is the cable doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, Some basic, you know, cable testing. It's got some Wi-Fi tools. There's, there's probably a hundred other apps that I've not even looked at. Um, How much does one of those run? That, that's like a full featured. So this is kind of pricey. So this is the, I would basically say this is the Cadillac version 
of okay. these set of tools. There's tools that start at three ninety nine. This tool, I think it's right now uh, like eighty five hundred on Amazon. Wow! 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 But it's something where because it's hardware based, it's not your laptop, you know, because right. people are going to say, look, exactly. I'll just install the stuff on my laptop. Well, your laptop could, you know, be, you know, wonky one day, you know, you could have a network issue, a software issue, you know, things like that. This is pretty much the same. And people can't argue with it. Yeah. Marvin, a zero trust environment, though, if you want that thing to interact with some of the servers or whatever, I, I imagine you have to go in and enable that to actually work then? You do, but what this is not really to go in and analyze like the servers. Okay. It's more of a network connectivity okay. Okay. and to make sure that things are Got moving it. across the network Got the it. way they're supposed to. Got it. When you said inventory, I was kind of thinking it, it may also pull off some some information from those from those devices that are on the network. Well, it will. It'll do SNMP monitoring. Okay. So you can get in and see, you can tell uptime and, you know, if uh, if you're doing switch analysis, it'll tell you if there's errors on the switches. That's another good thing where if people are complaining uh, about stuff, you can see if there's, you know, cables and switches dropping packets. So you can do that. Is there some place, so where is it optimum? Yeah, I mean, I, we saw it's got a network port on it. <laughs> and it seems like all this power coming out of one little network port on that thing, right? Is there an optimal place to put this? Like, as you think about your, or the networks you're trying to test, is there an optimal place to plug that thing into? So you usually want to plug it as close to the trouble area okay. as you can. Okay. So... For instance, I'll use this a lot of times where a client will say, you know, I've got a medical office where they're on their iPads all day. And they're telling me, well, this iPad keeps dropping. You know, I keep losing network connection. I'll just go to wherever. I'm like, tell me where it drops. And then I can sit in here and I can connect to the Wi-Fi in order to do a Wi-Fi analysis right from here. Give me, you know, all the basic stuff like your signal strength and everything. But I can see, you know, is there utilization? Is there interference? And so you can do that yeah. or you can put it kind of like in the server room so that it can see the managed switches first and start to see what's connected. Um, it'll go across VLANs as well. Mm. So if I'm, you know, testing a VLAN 30 because it's a separate Wi-Fi network, you know, even while I'm on the physical network, I can see across the VLANs and test that way. We had a situation here at the Collison house where I had uh, D-Link Wi-Fi um, security cameras, two of them, uh, that Mike and I, I'd, I'd bought one on the show. <laughs> it was a super good deal. I bought a second one later, uh, to, and they were doing front and backyard. And then I installed ring cameras because uh, I, you know, why, why wouldn't you? So I bought some ring cameras and put those in after our cars were broken into in our driveway. And, um, man, the ring cameras were just giving me all kinds of trouble. And I had, uh, and I can't remember, I think the ring, the ring diagnostics told me, yeah, your Wi-Fi network is super chatty. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, disruption in it. And so I just started unplugging things. And as soon as I unplugged those D-Link Wi-Fi, um, cameras, <laughs> network BK, like clear, like all the ring stuff just came up. Like it was, you know. Like it was the first day of kindergarten. They were just like, yes, this is great. And yep. so I I didn't realize, you know, it was one of those kinds of things. I 
hadn't really even thought about multiple Wi-Fi devices on my network and maybe one of them or something causing network disturbance to the point where other devices couldn't connect very well. Yeah, and that's going to be a big thing going forward. Even even with the Wi-Fi 6 coming out, there's still going to be so many things. And you know, this has a feature where not only will it check utilization, it'll check overlap for channels and tell you if you've got too many things on a channel. Yeah. And those are the types of things you need where, you know, the three most popular channels at some point we're going to have to start using other channels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I, I downloaded a network analyzer on my surface. Let's see if I can get to it here really quick. Uh, now I, it's, I think it's called WinFi, W-I-N-F-I. Okay. WinFi. And it just connects to the network and then starts to give me the various Wi-Fi devices it senses and what their signal strength is and what channel they're on and kind of utilization of them, what it can see, of course, right, from right. that standpoint. That I got interested in that after I figured out it was these, you know, these dealing cameras that were that were causing the problem in here. And so they're sitting in the they're sitting in this drawer right now. You know, I want to use them, Mike, it's killing me because I'm like. I could so use those things, but yeah. no. no. Hmm. Well, now you got me thinking about mine. I'm still using mine, but it's outside of my patio. So my, maybe it's far enough away. I think it depends on what Wi-Fi it's connected to. Yeah. Interesting. You know, yeah. From that. Go check so that I, out. I, see, I see a question in the chat hmm. about does this support 10G? And the answer is yes. Um, so not only does it do your copper testing, there's actually a fiber port in here. So if you ever need to, if I ever need to test a fiber connection, I can do that. Uh, of course, it's got the Wi-Fi built in. It actually has Bluetooth, so I can connect Bluetooth devices to it, uh, cameras, keyboards, you know, and type on here. I actually will, uh, this takes pictures. And so a lot of times if I'm doing troubleshooting and stuff, I'll take a picture and draft out an email right from here, send it on its way. Oh, and nice. to, to be able to do all of that without having, you know, to lug around the laptop and the, the tablet and all the stuff. And I just pretty much walk in with my phone in this and do as much as I can. Uh, here's the really important question. Do you have a belt clip for it? So you can. So <laughs> it, so it came with a holster yeah. that I don't use. Right. Because oh. what I did was I, I, I can probably barely see the bag behind me. So I actually have three tools like this that I carry uh, this along yeah. with. Yeah. So I've got a, a mini version called the link runner. That's a mini and, version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this this um, one is just like you real. This is more frontline. Yeah. Uh, it does have the apps on it, so I can do this is what I use. So if I ever go in and do a a um uh internet service provider installation, Comcast, ATT or something, I use this to test the connection. I do a speed test and all of that so that you know they can never complain that when I tell them something isn't working, well, it must be you. Mm, no, I can, <laughs> I can, I can show you now. It's not us. Right. Super cool. Oh, Mike, like I could see you. <laughs> you read my mind. Things. I know just to play with, like, I love like, and, and it's not good. It's not healthy. Like I, ch <laughs> I log into PF sense, multiple times a day no one logs into their router multiple times i just love 
playing, checking it, looking at the bandwidth. Like I know my average bandwidth and when things are because I just I'm logged in watching it. So I love all that sort of stuff, and that that would be a lot of fun to maybe, maybe trade in a ham radio for you know for one of these. Well, like, I'm not going that. Not <laughs> my precious ham radio. That's that's my baby. Oh yeah, man. These those things. Like when when I first looked at the link, I was like, oh, that looks interesting. But Marv, as I hear you explain it, like, is there a community around this too? Is that like a, a whole community of people you guys talk about it and share information about it? Seems like that would create not really. It's, really, it's weird. It's funny because when I start, so I started using this tool. So this used to be a part of the Fluke family. Okay. And the only reason I got into this was I got tired of arguing with cable guys when something wouldn't work, mm. and so I went out and bought a tester. And then when they came out with the network stuff, I, you know, so this is like the seventh generation of tools that I've used and there really isn't the community and one because of the price point, it's, it's expensive. So your average technician is not going to get this, even the, even the $400 version. Um, it's, I should have, I should have put it over here so I didn't have to move away, but it's, it's, you know, it does basic stuff. So it's still pricey for what it does. But the the reason I love them is because they are consistent. They, they you know, of course they do fail, but, you know, as long as they're working, they do the same test over and over and over. And there's no user error, mm-hmm. you know, that can be done with it. But there's not the community. So they're starting to be a community now because they're coming out with, you know, now that they've had this out, this has been out, like I said, about two years. So now people are like, oh, now we're getting into yeah. some cool stuff. Because like yeah. I said, there's a ton of apps that, you know, you can do with this. It's not only can it do, I mean, there's Dropbox on here. There's your speed test. There's FedEx Mobile's on here. I have no idea why <laughs> FedEx Mobile is on here. But it's got the browser. So I'll use well, this to, you know, I'll browse into firewalls and routers and stuff while I'm there and do that. So it's got the Google. Oh, look, Google Earth. Don't know why that's on there. Well, maybe now, is this fed- open Android? Is there like a is there like an app store? Can you so add whatever it, you want? Can no, you, you can't Facebook add what, on there. There's an app store, but you can't add whatever you want. Okay, so it, it's got to be approved. But like I said, there's there's hundreds of apps on here. Got it. Yeah, Steven says that FedEx one. This is what I thought too. It's for those RMAs, right? So you can the RMAs. Track, okay, there you go. You that's can good. track like your packages. Like, hey man, I need this. The switch needs to get in here asap. When yeah. is this thing getting here from FedEx? Right. So, um. Well, they must get some feedback from the community and, and for all these. Like, this seems like this is a, a a nerd tool that's ripe for a super crazy engaged audience that's always asking them for more. <laughs> like, hey, can you, you know, can I listen to, can you put a, at least put one music app on this so I can be listening to music while I'm doing the work and I'm stuck in this closet watching this thing kind of. You know, kind of, is there a music app on there? Maybe there is. I, I was just going to say, let me check and see because <laughs> they've added stuff that I haven't. Now, uh, so you, Spotify Mike, you said there. you manage Ubiquity? Yeah. So there's Ubiquity device discovery tool on here. Don't tell him this. Um, what's UCRM? That Don't looks like it. Marv, stop. Don't tell him this. He's going to buy the $400 one no, tonight. No. There's a Unify Protect on here. I really Unify want, video. I'm, I'm, I'm on Amazon right now, but it's, that's, I mean, it's, wow. Oh. <sighs> I mean, there's a I'm lot of stuff. You. Oh, look, WhatsApp Messenger. That's on here. <laughs> it's well, really? Yeah, well, there's a lot of folks, a lot of folks using WhatsApp to, you know, for, uh, there's a lot of organizations using WhatsApp to to communicate with their customers. Yep. 
You know, we don't see that here a lot in the U.S., but but Asia, WhatsApp is big, so they're all on it. It's crazy. Yeah. There, there's always, a lot of stuff. My Australian friends are always like, "Hey, well, what's your what? No, I can just WhatsApp you," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, really?" So, um, I think the United States were one of the few who don't. Um, Marv, that's that is that's super cool. By the way, that that little piece, like that is a gadget. You're you're now, even though you said you're not a gadget geek. You are a really expensive. Well, I'm, I'm not a home geek. gadget geek, but a tech gadget geek. This is yeah. It all counts. It 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 all counts. Uh, kind of across the board. Hey, Mike and I are coming on your podcast. I think when and and I was trying to remember when we had that scheduled. We're going to record. It won't. It won't be live, right? Or will it be live? Yes, it's live. Oh, it's live. Yeah. So if folks wanted to join us from here and come over to podnuts pro and listen what's the what's the best way and when it can you remind me when it is again yep i'm looking you up right now it okay. looks like uh, it's in three weeks right yep yeah. june june 23rd okay june 23rd so, i think is it 7 p.m central is that it's a w- wednesday night 7 yep. p.m central 8 p.m eastern yep and i do do it live it streams live to youtube and the facebook and if you just want to remember podnutspro.com slash live, that'll be the link Perfect. there. And you'll do a better job. I did not update my live page tonight. And so like <laughs> everybody had to find now, everybody who made it here tonight knows just to come to the YouTube channel. Cause they know probably three out of four Thursdays. I've always forget to update, put the little update on our live page. You won't do that. And so join us. I, I, I did it once yeah. and I said, I'm not going to do it. So it's on my checklist now yes. when I do stuff. So when I set up my stream yard, um, I immediately go over to my pod page and change those links, um, both for the guest and for the live show. But of course I tell people, look, if you just subscribe to, you know, the YouTube channel or the Facebook yeah. channel, yeah. Um, then you'll be notified so, as soon as I hear same yeah. thing here. If you subscribe, then I, cause I always set up the, YouTube a day or two in advance, you'll you'll get notified that the live shows is coming up. So super yep. good. Okay, so June, what was that date again? June June twenty third. June twenty third, seven p.m. Central, eight Eastern. Podnuts with a Z dot com slash live. Podnuts we'll get, Pro. Pro. Podnuts sorry, Pro. Podnuts Pro. Let's get that right. With still with a Z. Uh, Pro dot com slash live. Uh, Mike and I will be joining you for some. Super cool conversation, and we'll we'll be bringing to your audience some of the ham radio nerdery. I think that Uyghur is into, plus a few a few yep. other things. Maybe even have a little crypto conversation uh, in there as we, well. So, we can do that. My my listeners, you know, they they come for the tech, but they talk. You know, they're they're the Star Wars geeky stuff that oh, yeah. I don't do. They do, so <laughs> they'll they'll eat your show up. Well, we are looking forward to it. As long as, as long as we don't talk Traeger grills for an hour. <laughs> well, I'm listen. glad you warned me because I, I, it's something we've done. <laughs> uh, now listen, now you're now you're you're getting on sacred ground here. <laughs> yeah, I, I am really struggling not to drop a grand on a grill. <sighs> I, I just I can't do it. I just I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do the, it. I'm not going to do is it. Is it the new smoker grill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't do it, Marv. I just can't do it. I, I keep. I, I won't. <laughs> I, I know. No, and some won't, but some should. And I, I probably should as much as I grill. So, mm-hmm. Marv, if you were to give one bit of advice to a sysadmin today, 
like it may be even somebody who's only been in the business a couple years. As 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 uh, as we think about um, uh, letting you go here, what kind of advice would you give to somebody now, knowing what you know now about the business? Mm. What kind of advice would you give to somebody maybe just getting in right now? So it's funny you should mention that because I actually spent the beginning of this year talking to some newbies in the industry. And the advice that I would give is to try to just narrow your focus. Mm. Our industry is so big right now. And if you're trying to become a system administrator or an IT consultant or a repair person, you need to just simply find what you're good at, find what you like, and focus on that. Don't try to do everything. It's just too much. Yeah. That may be good life advice, <laughs> just to be honest, yeah. right? Really zero in on those things that you think you do best uh, when yeah. you can and the opportunity arises. That doesn't always, those don't always match up. In, and I think sometimes in a career, there are those magic moments where that desire and that talent and the opportunity all come together at the same time. And when it does, just work like crazy because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen very often. And uh, and it sounds like Marv, you're probably in that spot. You, 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 do you feel like you're kind of in that spot where you're doing the right stuff at the right time, and and with the right talents? You feel like that's happening right now for you? Yeah, I've kind of you know I found my groove. Yeah. And I figure I'm just going to stay in the groove as long as I can. Now you know I keep my eye out to make sure that I'm ready for change when it happens. Because our industry does change pretty quickly. But I found my comfort level. And I know when to tell a client, nope, we can't do that. Or to take on a new client that I know is going to be, you know, a frustrating client and they're not going to want to listen to me. You know what? I don't need that aggravation. Yeah. And I, at the same time, I don't follow the trend just because everybody says it's hot. You know, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'll watch it see if it really pans out because a lot of times it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think but. the focusing thing is good even for even for just our, our average home guy who helps, you know, family and friends out with technology. I find myself like, oh yeah, I can help. I know a little bit about that. I know a little bit about that. It's like there's so many things you can help with when you if you just group tech, right? Even you get into like drones, home network, like photography, all of that. And I've learned to just stop saying, oh, yeah, like I might be able to help with that because <laughs> it's you've got to focus kind of your your time on what you're really good at. I think that's, like, that's, a, that's good advice. I think that applies actually even outside of, you know, new network admins or whoever it is. Yeah, especially when you're just starting out because yeah. you, you could find yourself, you know, and, and, and it's not just the rabbit holes. You can find yourself stuck in a problem that you can't solve because you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to get out because you don't want to look bad. Right. But then you've diverted all this time away from what should have been your bread and butter, especially mm -hmm. if it's money related. Yeah. Because if you're spending all this time over here not making money on something you shouldn't be doing, well, you're not making money with stuff you should be doing. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're double, you know, whammy in yourself. Well, and I think the key, and Lopta alludes to this into the, or Andrew alludes to this in the chat room, in that oftentimes the the part of that equation is opportunity, and if the if you live in an area where those those opportunities aren't there, it it does make it more difficult, you know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so always great. Well, Marv, thank you for for coming on. 
I met you, just so folks know, I met Marv on Ask the Podcast Coach. So every Saturday morning for the last six years, I've been doing a podcast with Dave Jackson called Ask the Podcast Coach. We don't talk about it a ton here on Home Gadget Geeks, but uh, Marv came on and uh, we started talking. And then I, I, I can't exactly, Marv, I can't remember if you asked me or I asked you or we did something and we just connected. And I was like, we got to get you on Home Gadget Geeks. Like, we got to get I, you talking about this. Yeah, I forget. I, I've been, you know, lurking you around there. Yeah, go ahead. And well, you had started mentioning that uh, as a podcaster, listeners complaining that you would talk about the weather too much or something. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I talk about the weather on my show too. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the, and so that's what started the conversation. And then right. uh, we just set up a time and chatted and yeah, said we should do each other's show. Connected. And I really enjoyed spending time with you. And it's been great having you on. Um, if I ask you back here uh, at some point in time, would you, would you say yes? Would that, sure. would that be all right? Sure. All right. Awesome. Yeah. As long as like the wife to, gives me Thursday nights free, I'll, I'll come on. I like to ask that live so that you can't say no. Cause you'd look terrible if you're like, no, I'm never coming back. Right. Oh, so. trust me, I have no problem <laughs> saying no. <laughs> well, Marv, I appreciate it. We'll let you drop. Thanks for coming on tonight. We're looking forward to being with you on the 23rd and we'll encourage everyone listening head over podnutspro.com. I got it right that time slash yeah. live and, uh, and join us live on the 23rd. Marv, thanks for jumping in. Appreciate right, it. Mike guys. and I will close things up here. Thanks, right, for, thanks coming for having in. me and I'll you see bet. you in a couple of weeks. You bet. Have a good, have a good evening. Bye, stay Marv. safe. Right. Stay safe and stay well. Uh, it's, it's been a crazy week in crypto and I got a few things to talk about. So we'll talk about that in the post show, which, uh, uh, we'll do here. Um, we'll do here shortly. And then, um, a couple reminders about what's coming up. Erin Lawrence is here next week, and we're excited to have her in here sharing some things. She actually just put a really cool post out on Twitter asking, uh, what should I cover when I'm with Mike and Jim? Mm -hmm. And so if you haven't uh, done that, I retweeted it. Check Twitter uh, at Jay Collison, and you can vote. Uh, on. And there's four subjects, and two are leading the way by by far at this point. So, well, I cheated. Them. I just said all of the above. That was my <laughs> response back. I, I didn't pick one. I said, I want to know about all those. You, you did. I think van life is one of those in there as well. So if you want to, uh, it's always great to have Aaron on. And then, uh, the week after that, John, uh, Pisano from, from Unraid, uh, from, from Lime, right? Is it called mm -hmm. Lime? Is that right? Did I Lime get that tech. Right? Lime yeah. tech, uh, coming in to talk Unraid and the, the upgrade. I had actually invited him. It when Unraid went through their last, I'm stupid. I can't believe I even thought about inviting him after the upgrade. They've been uh, putting out fires and getting things done over there at, at Unraid. And so he reached back the other day, said, Hey, I would love to come back on. Things have kind of settled down. And so we've got some time. So John is coming back on to talk about it and, uh, and appreciate uh, uh, him saying yes to that as well. So a couple reminders. Uh, one is stay around for some post-show. We got some crypto in the post-show. Anything else, Mike, that I that I missed? No. That I, that I should? I, I, I'm in? excited for the guest lineup for the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be super fun. Um, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in the post-show. A um, couple reminders on the way out. One, um, appreciate Christian and his work that he does over at Maple Grove Partners. If you want to get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you, know, you trust. And, of course, uh, you know that Home Gadget Geeks and TheAverageGuy.tv both hosted out there by Christian, and, uh, and we appreciate it. Plans start as little as $10 a month, MapleGrovePartners.com, and, uh, and we'd love to have you support them as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live. We'll be back next week and with some, with some more great stuff. If you joined us live, stay around. 
for some crypto post show. Don't leave. I know you want to, but don't. With that, we'll say goodbye.